The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. If this whole thing we're going through right now has taught us anything, it is to always have travel insurance. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Sherry Laskin from cruisemaven.com is here like she is every week with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. So we briefly touched on it last week. It looks like we've seen the first casualty. Carnival Corporation has sold off their first ship. Yeah, the sell-off has begun, and the first ship to be sold is Costa Victoria. The ship, built in 1996, was sold to a shipyard in Italy where it will be scrapped. Um, The first heads-up that the ship might be sold was on Costa's website because it only listed Victoria itineraries through October of 2020. And then next year, it has already been announced that the cruise line plans to retire Costa Mediterranea and whether or not that ship will be sold for scrap or maybe go to a smaller cruise line still remains to be seen. Didn't we sail on Costa Mediterranea <laughs> back in 2014? You know we did. Okay, I, I couldn't remember because I did a back-to-back. I did Costa Atlantica and then Mediterranea. That was the one that was a rather interesting experience. Uh, definitely not a, an American product. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even want to go there, but it was a... <laughs> All of us had an interesting time, I will say yes, that, especially fun. in the buffet. <laughs> yeah, I remember we all piled into my stateroom to record the episode that week. Oh, geez, that's right. And Marcy was mm-hmm. there, too. That yep. was fun. And it looks like the West Coast is the new hotspot for cruise ships, or it sure seems like it. I think that's going to be, I think you're exactly right. So Princess Cruises announced that their Majestic Princess will move to the West Coast next year, just in time for the 2021 and staying through the 2022 cruise season. Princess has released their latest cruise deployments, and in total there will be five Princess ships sailing from the West Coast. Majestic Princess will depart from Los Angeles, bound for either the Mexican Riviera or California Coastal Cruises. The following year, we'll have Discovery Princess also sailing from Los Angeles on similar itineraries And then one of my favorite trips from a few years ago that I did on Golden Princess, uh, now we'll have Grand Princess cruising the 15-day Hawaiian Islands cruises or 10-day Mexican Baja and Sea of Cortez cruises. And then there's still more. Also departing from the West Coast will be Ruby Princess out of San Francisco and Sapphire Princess from Los Angeles. It's going to be busy. You know, I really like sailing out of the West Coast, minus this last time when I picked up the COVID earlier this year. But other than that, great port. I mean, you leave Southern California a day at sea and boom, you're in Mexico. Yeah, the only little hiccup really is that little stretch between Los Angeles and getting down to Baja. The water can get a little bit rough. Mm, Yes, you're absolutely um, right. Other than that, yeah, it's it's a great trip and it's something different, especially if we're so used to cruising Caribbean. Um, heading out on the West Coast for the Mexican Riviera, um, 
is really interesting. I enjoyed it. And come to think of it, and this is just my opinion, but with every Caribbean island having such stringent protocols going, you know, moving forward, we could see the West Coast actually become popular because you can just go just to Mexico. Yeah, you can go either, either direction, mm-hmm. north yeah. or south. You can get Monterey Bay and, and Astoria, Oregon. So there's, uh, there's a lot to do on the West Coast. And MSC Cruises is throwing their hat in the ring with an environmentally friendly cruise ship. Yeah, so going from Los Angeles over to France, MSC Cruises celebrated the keel-laying ceremony for their new 205,000 gross-ton LNG-powered MSC World Europa. The ship will be able to accommodate 6,761 passengers, and it's said to cost upwards of $1.2 billion to construct. Uh, MSC Cruises Aponte and Vago family members, as well as shipyard officials, were present as the first block for the ship's hull was lowered into place. And also at the event, two gold coins were symbolically affixed to the ship's hull. And this is an old maritime tradition that's supposed to bring good fortune to the ship. And a mass market cruise line for Asia is going to officially be the first cruise line to start service. Yeah, and so this is according to a story that was reported in Cruise Industry News. Genting Cruise Lines will begin cruising their Dream Cruises brand. And the first ship, Explorer Dream, will set out for two- and three-night cruises that the cruise line calls Taiwan Island Hopping. The first departure is July 26th and will go from ports that I've never heard of, which is Keelung and calling at Penggu, Matsu, and Kinmen Islands. This will make Dream Cruises the first cruise line in the world to begin sailing after the pandemic shutdown. And this is according to the chairman of Genting Hong Kong Cruise Lines. Another first, Genting also created the Certificate in Infection Prevention for the marine industry. And of course, their Explorer Dream is now the first ship to receive this designation. The ship is going to have to go under a thorough cleaning. Crew will have to follow a mandatory 14-day quarantine on land as well as a week-long isolation period on board the ship before passengers board on July 26. And, of course, passengers will have to go through the usual, well, the unusual health screening and guidelines to follow all the proper methods for health and safety. Uh, There was all the reading that I tried to do. There was no mention about passenger capacity or dining or public areas. And according to Dream Cruise's website, Explorer Dream was originally supposed to begin cruising from Singapore on July 1 through 26, but of course those departures were canceled. So, you know, let's see how this goes. This is really like the first batch of pancakes on mm-hmm. the griddle, right? And yeah. interesting, yeah, I didn't, I, I knew very little about this cruise line. Um, they have three ships, and they also have that um, the luxury ship within a ship concept which reminds me a lot of MSC's Yacht Club rather than Norwegian's Haven. The design of these ships are a lot like Norwegian Cruise Line's Breakaway and Breakaway Plus class. They have the the funnel that has the same color as um, that turquoise that Crystal Cruises has, which Mm -hmm. is also owned by Genting. Yeah, they own Crystal, and they once were a partner with Norwegian Cruise Line, and uh, I guess that was dissolved a few years back when they were bought out. But uh, yeah, a lot happening over there. So we're going to move on to the last talking point here, where a Carnival Cruise Line ship rescued a distressed vessel earlier this week. Yeah, and this is a nice way to end the news, basically, is uh, Carnival Cruise Line's brand ambassador, John Held. He uh, posted this on his Facebook page earlier this week, and he said, on Tuesday morning, 
while the carnival legend was sailing off the coast of the Bahamas, where a lot of ships are right now, um, the legend responded to a distress call of a small boat that had run out of fuel. The Carnival Legend crew provided the small ship with about 25 gallons of diesel fuel, and this enabled the vessel to make its way back to Jacksonville, Florida, your hometown. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, why are they doing this? Well, it, it's, it's basically um, a law at sea. It's the International Maritime Organization. Ships that have a legal and moral obligation to assist vessels in distress. And Carnival does that quite a bit. They help out. And as a footnote to this week's news, just as we almost expected, Norwegian just canceled their last Alaska and Pacific coastal cruises that would have happened in September and October for the Norwegian Bliss and Norwegian Joy. And also the breakaway in the gem that we're supposed to do Canada and New England cruises in October. Those are also canceled. And listener question comes from Kayla this week. Email your questions to Doug at cruiseradio.net. The map shows three cruise docks in Cozumel. How will I know where Carnival Vista is going to dock? Well, hi, Kayla. And yes, there are three cruise docks. And this does get confusing for everybody, I think, at some point, especially if you haven't been there in a while. So Carnival's dock is Puerto Maya. So the first dock right from downtown is Punta Langosta, and that's usually used by Norwegian Cruise Line, and uh, sometimes Disney will dock there. Then the next one down the road is Royal Caribbean's dock, which is International Pier. And then the dock where you will be with Carnival is Puerto Maya, and that's about two and a half miles from downtown. Um, Doug, I know you've said you, you've walked into town from there, but um, if it's really, really hot out, um, someone might want to take a taxi or some sort of a ride to get into downtown. But, um, you know, they all have some fun things to do. Uh, the, the advantage of being at Puerto Maya is that puts you closer to the, um, the beach parks. So, you know, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other, but you will still need to have um, a ride to get anywhere south of your port. Yeah, if you're going to do that, uh, do that walk Make sure you buy a sombrero or something. It's hot. That sun is very hot down there. Or you could uh, you can ride a donkey for like $10 a person. But I, I feel, you know, after I did that, I felt really bad because I, you never know how they're really taking care of those donkeys, you know? Oh, I've never done that. I've seen them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And also be careful of the curbs and, you know, the taxis drive really yes. crazy. <laughs> yes, they do. But it's a, so, it's a fun yeah, port don't, for sure. Don't try cutting across the street as, except mm-hmm. at designated areas because it's yeah. just too dangerous. Wild West down there. All right. Been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime. Straight from Cruise Radio. The question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. 
How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. Okay, we're on. We're going to do kind of a review slash discussion here. A couple of weeks ago, I sailed on the Victory One, which is part of Victory Casino Cruises out in, uh, down in Port Canaveral, Florida, rather. They do, do uh, two cruises a day, a matinee cruise and an evening cruise. goes out three miles off the coast. You kind of gamble out there and come back in a few hours later. It's nice because uh, for someone who hasn't been on a cruise ship in almost six months, you actually get a little taste of it. Or if you want to gamble, you can do that. They are observing a lot of the protocols, temperature checks, etc. So I thought it'd be a good angle to talk about what I saw on board the Victory One and what we could see moving forward. Yeah, it's a hybrid review slash discussion. And I have Cruise Radio staff writer Richard Sims here to help discuss it. All right, Richard, it's all you. All right. Well, really, it's all you because I want to hear about your experience here. So Right off the bat, I've never been on a gambling ship. Uh, tell me a little bit about it. What's the setup, the capacity, that kind of thing. And had you done this before? So I've never done this one before. I have been on a gambling ship out of Jacksonville. We had a couple through the years, no more now. Um, so I did one like back in, gosh, probably 17 years ago. Lost my butt on it too. I'm not a big gambler, as you know. I mean, oh, I know. It, unless you call the <laughs> stock market gambling. Uh, otherwise, yeah. So, you know, I'm good for just going out for the sea experience, but this is a, it's in Port Canaveral. It's a 1200 passenger ship and it has a couple levels of casinos in it. Goes out uh, twice a day. So it does a matinee from 11 to 4 ish, and then it does a 7 to PM to 1 AM run. And it's like $13 to do it. Very cheap. I figured, you know what? I just want to get out and do something. I mean, you know, you know, I recently embarked on this whole camping adventure. And so I'm really digging the outdoor stuff right now. And if I could go on a ship and sit outside in the ocean for a couple of hours, count me in. Well, and that's really the closest we can get to cruising right mm-hmm. now. So is, is this of an actual cruise ship or was this like some other form of ship before? So it was a ferry. It was based in New York. And I, I believe it did runs to Kings Point to somewhere in that area. Not 100% okay. sure. But yeah, so it's a converted ferry boat. A converted ferry boat into a modern day. It's, you know, it's not brand new, but it's definitely, for what it's being used for, a couple of levels of gaming and some R&R outside on the out decks, outward decks. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. So can you just show up or do you have to make a reservation and how do they handle embarkation? So the ship does hold 1200. Um I will say though right now they're sailing at not even half capacity so probably around in the 500ish bought in that range. I know our sailing only had 250 people on it. Typically though it sells out. So People are a little hesitant right now to do things like this. So right now, you could probably just walk up and get a ticket, but it's best to do it online in advance. It's like $13. It's it's not much. And for 13 bucks, free parking down there, you know, get to spend 
a total of about four hours out at sea circling around and about 45 minutes in and 45 minutes out. Perfect day. Okay, so let's ask the big question, because this is one of the reasons we're doing this really is to to sort of look at the experience you had here and compare it to, you know, what we might expect when cruise ships start sailing again, like, you know, what lessons can be learned from this experience. So the big question everybody has about cruising in general, but certainly casinos as well, let's answer it right up front. What was the mask situation? Oh, the dreaded M word. Yeah. Yes. When you make your reservation, they told you straight up, you need a mask or you can't sail. Now, with that said, let me back up and go through the embarkation. We parked. We went to the checkpoint to check into the terminal. They did a temperature check, said to put, you know, they told us to put our mask on. They gave us a liability form, basically saying if you were to get anything, you couldn't sue the cruise line. And then we went to the check-in desk, all with wearing a mask. So then we walk into the check-in desk. We would check in. Uh, they give you a wristband when you check in because they're doing social distanced disembarkation. So they disembark you, which we'll get to later, by wristband color. Um, so only the people with a red wristband could be on the disembarkation deck. Everyone else has to be upper or lower. And then you come to that deck when it's called. Um, but yeah, you just after you check in, very flawless, you do a couple of um, ID checks and all that, and you're on the ship. All right. Once you're on board the ship. Give us a little bit of a feel for the land. Like, I know there's like two or three decks of actual casino, but aren't there also bars, restaurants, things like that? There are. So you're looking at deck one is basically dining. Two, three, and half of deck four is gaming slash outside. So if you're on deck four, you could be on the aft part of the ship and have this open terrace there with like chairs right over the back of the ship. Kind of that perfect sail away place to be. And then on deck three, which is one deck below that, kind of wraps around. You can go outside there as well. When you walk in on deck three, you're faced with the gaming floor. So there are tons of, tons of uh, like 630, I believe they said, slot machines and like 30 tables on there. Of course, the whole reason I did this, aside from just wanting to get outside, was I had that, the angle of what gaming could be like moving forward. And I, I did see like a lot of the partitions and every other slot machine off and things like that. But yeah, it, very, very nice flow and very, very good layout. I assume that you basically see people cleaning constantly. Yeah, they were using this microbial, microbacterial, I think it's called microbial. I could be butchering that, but um, it's a solution. It's pink, almost like granodyne that you put in cherry Cokes. But every time someone would get up from a slot machine, you would see this employee like come right behind them and wipe the whole thing down. Same thing at the bar. The bartender, if they if you weren't gaming, you had to pay for your drinks. So the bartender would wipe the bar down when someone got up with the same solution. And you saw that all across the place. It wasn't just on the gaming floor. It was through the bars and restaurants as well. One of the biggest concerns that has to be addressed when cruise ships return in the casinos is social distancing. Um, in a casino, that's that can be difficult because you know, slot machines are right on top of each other. The gaming tables, you know, you got like six, seven people sitting arm to arm while they're playing poker. And even like a craps table, even people who aren't playing, you get a lot of people gathered around the table. So what did it feel like there? What what precautions were they taking to sort of deal with that potential problem? If you were in the casino, you had to, if you were indoors anywhere except in the dining area, you had to have your mask on, and it wasn't a forest too. So, if you were gaming, definitely have the mask on. With the tables, I'm not a 
table players, so I can't really say how many people can be at a poker table or whatnot. There were four people-ish at each table, and then the the uh, roulette and craps. There was a good amount of people there. Everyone did have a mask on. The dealers had gloves on and face masks as well. Again, I don't play table games, so I don't know exactly how many people can be at each one. But there, there was definitely some crowding around the craps and roulette. On the floor, like we're seeing in restaurants and supermarkets these days, you're having the markers telling you, six feet apart or kind of arrows on the flow of the traffic which way to go well if there were four players on tables that does sound like they've they've definitely cut back on the number of players because typically a like say a poker table or a five card table something like that they usually have between six and eight players around Mm -hmm. a standard table so uh, depending on how much they want to crowd in there but so it sounds like if there's like four people per per table that's that's pretty decent um were there actually partitions between people at any places there were partitions at the slot machines so you know it's kind of hard to explain but you might you're used to cruise ship casinos so you might know what i'm talking about here when you're at a casino or at a at a um walking through a casino say and there's a whole wall of slot machines that are let's just say facing the ocean mm-hmm Every other one of those machines were off, but sometimes you have aisles of slot machines where there's like three or four machines per aisle. So there's basically basically like six machines facing each other. Does that make sense? Yep. So that everyone was on, but everyone had these big plexiglass partitions on them. So people were gaming ah, in the aisles, but they were they were partitioned, whereas the rows of slot machines, I didn't see any partitions there. They just had the every other machine thing going on. What will be interesting is, uh, you know, you see a lot of times in the casino, especially when it's crowded, it annoys people. Uh, let's say there's four slot machines in a row next to each other. You could turn off every other one, but unless you remove the chair, what ends up happening is a lot of times people will sit in that chair just to hang out and talk to their, you know, friends, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. The other thing you see in casinos a lot that'll be interesting. um, And we can maybe get an idea as far as how things were on this ship is smoking, smoking in casinos. You know, listen, we're not here to judge. This is a no judgment zone, no spin zone, but you know, People tend to smoke in casinos, either in a non-smoking, either in the whole area except for a non-smoking area, or they might have a separate area of the casino that is uh, walled off and meant for smoking. How did they handle smoking on the Victory? There were temporary signs all throughout the indoors saying temporarily no smoking in the casino. All smoking must be done on the outside decks. Obviously, you have to wear your mask inside and can't really do the whole smoking thing with the mask on. People who were smoking were having to go outside. No one had really a problem with it. I didn't even hear any ramblings. Like, you know, I like to keep my ear to the ground and kind of um, when someone asked about the smoking and the dealer said you have to go outside, I kind of just eased behind them and trailed behind them to see if there were any like, blah, 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 blah. but no, <laughs> everything was really, I mean, people respected it and, uh, you know, rightfully so. One thing I was wondering is how they're cleaning the chips because at the tables, because, you know, there's like poker or whatever you're playing, there's the dealer is wearing the mask. So obviously I'm always like this modern day age we're in right now, what's happening in the world. I'm always thinking about touch points. And so, you know, that's a touch point there with the poker chips going back and forth. Like I'm wondering how they're disinfecting those or 
the whole process there? Are they a one and done or do they get rotated for like an hour and then get cleaned, you know? And, you know, I just want to tell people it's worth knowing that both in the situation that Doug is talking about on the Victory One out of Port or, or uh, out of Port Canaveral, and also when cruising returns and you're getting ready to sort of book a trip, one of the most important things you can do is actually go to the website. In this case, you can go to the Victory One um, casino website. Or if it's a cruiser booking, go online and read what the protocols are going to be. You know, don't be caught off guard. If smoking in a casino is a big deal to you, if you are somebody who's going to do that rah, 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 when you're told you can't smoke in the casino, know going in. You know, know that you are going to be asked to step outside. Know what the protocols are going to be. Know that, you know, whether or not you're going to have to wear a mask, that kind of thing. Because you'll be cutting down not only a lot of stress in your own life, but also the stress of the various dealers and pit bosses and bartenders who, you know, they, they don't want to be they don't want to be the jerk who has to enforce these things, but it is going to be something they have to do. So the more, you know, going in, the better, um, you know, and, and I do know that on the Victory One website, there's quite a bit of information about uh, the various cleaning techniques they're using and and things like that um, every Every dealer has to, like, every time they trade out, they have to wash their hands, they have to wear gloves, they have to, you know, there's a lot of that stuff in place. Did you happen to notice, um, you were saying people have to wear masks, did you happen to notice if people were wearing gloves? I know some people um, in some of the casinos, uh, my mom uh, goes to a casino upstate, and she was saying that some people are actually not just wearing masks, they're also wearing gloves, because, you know, you're touching a lot of different machines and stuff like that. Everyone I saw was wearing gloves, like the cocktail waitresses, the bartenders, even the the folks who were were cleaning um, in the cafe. They were wearing gloves. Yeah. What about guests? I maybe saw. Again, I wasn't paying attention, but probably a couple. Um, were I think I would gloves. definitely be wearing gloves. You know, just yeah. for my own well, sanity. Yeah, I mean, if you're again to the touch point when. There, I'm wondering if any of the cruise lines are going to come out with kind of the wave your hand Star Trek type of slot machine where you don't have to touch anything. If there's some smart slot slot machine developer out there. They should be developing um, a machine that you can almost like a sewing machine where you can use a foot pedal to to place too. your bet. You know, you just you just keep tapping your foot to place your bet because then you don't have to touch anything on the machine, but you still get that fun visceral, you know, like there is sort of a there's a there's a really there any gambler who plays slot machines regularly will tell you that there's something weirdly fun about just pushing that button over and over and over. So you could get that same feeling by tapping your foot on a pedal. The other thing I wanted to ask you about that we haven't really talked about there are bars and there are restaurants on board. Um, is there a buffet um, and how do they handle food service? There is typically a buffet on the ship on deck one. Um, however, shut down right now as is, you know how the casinos have like your free coffee and all of that or kind of mm -hmm. stations around. I know like Norwegian Cruise Line has that. That's all shut down as well. If you want anything, whether it be alcohol, which is included if you're gaming, it's free alcohol or if you just want a coffee or whatever, you have to actually ask the server. And same thing with the restaurant. There was no buffet in there. It was all a la carte. You take, they take your order right when you walk in. They give you a table card. You put that on the table. They bring your food out. They bring your drinks. They do your refills. So it's pretty much 
like a full table service. You're just pre-ordering before you walk in, but they're taking care of you every step of the way. And I did notice, because I was paying attention to see how, you know, the protocols that they're bragging about, some serious cleaning happening in the dining room. If someone got up from a table, wiping everything down. It was impressive what they were doing. And I would actually... I would like to see more land-based restaurants, the ones that I have dined in in the past couple of weeks. It'd be cool to see them adopt these same protocols. And it definitely seems like sort of that situation as far as the entire buffet shutting down, becoming something more conventional. I do think that's something we're very, very likely to see on at least some of the ships. We've you know, we've been hearing all kinds of different things depending on what day of the week it is and who's speaking. There's there's obviously no set pattern that's going to be established yet. We're still waiting for that. But that seems like something that they could pretty easily, you know, put in place. Were there were there any people on there who were like cruisers and said, you know, I just wanted to be out on the water? And did they did they have any thoughts on what they saw on board, whether as far as the cruising experience on the Victory One or the gambling experience? There were actually two people like me, two couples, I should say, who were out there not to gamble, only to enjoy the four hours of the the fresh sea air out there. And I was uh, talking to them briefly. They both lived in the Titusville, and I think one was in Satellite Beach, which is within a 30-minute drive of the port. And they were just out there, and they'd come out every other week just to get the fresh air. They really enjoy it. They don't gamble. They have no desire to gamble. They're all retired. And, you know, there's plenty of chairs, both shaded and in the open sun, and both sides of the ships have those outward-facing chairs and benches, and it's pretty relaxing. In fact, I got fried. My legs were, like, <laughs> to, the, to the point of lobster status just from spending about an hour and a half out there. But it was a really – it's really relaxing, man. I mean, you know how it is. Like, even – like, You know, like, even, like, Staten Island, right, going um, – from the lower part of Manhattan over to Staten Island. It's like, what, a 45-minute ferry boat ride? And it's just so relaxing. I, I go over there not even to visit Staten Island, just to do the round-trip ferry because I, I like it. I think if I was in the Port Canaveral area, um, I can't say that I wouldn't be down there getting on this ship every couple of weeks and just going out and enjoying you know, being on the water. Do they have a bar outside, though? That's a really big question. They do. They have a bar on the outside deck. On the Well, they have, you know, I know you're a big fan of the the aft bars, they have a, and it's, I think it's called a dolphin deck bar, and that's your aft facing bar. And then they had another bar inside, but I believe a couple of them were shut down. I should also mention the, they have a nightclub called the, the Big Norms Club 5, I think. That's shut down temporarily as well. Um, there are still slot machines, every other one that are on, like on the outside of the dance floors. But as far as like, dancing and all that not happening out there. I think there might have been a casino bar being used as well. So maybe two bars out of the four on board were open, so half of them. I I can live with that. So did what you see on board the ship seem like, like a blueprint for a workable situation on a bigger scale on a cruise ship? I think so. I mean, if you're looking at how this ship is doing it, and how land-based casinos are doing it, for instance, like the Wynn Resorts, you see a lot of similarities. Partitions, gloves, sterilization, you know, wearing the masks. I think on a grander level, uh, because obviously, you know, this this ship is really small compared to what you'll see like even a casino on a Carnival or Royal Caribbean ship. 
it'll be interesting because those slot machines are put on board to make money. And unless you had partitions between every single slot machine, it's going to be hard to keep them all on because the, the cruise ship casinos are really good at piling a ton of machines into a really small place, whereas this ship has three decks to stagger 630 slot machines and 30 tables. The other interesting thing about that is, you know, we already know fairly, we're fairly certain at this point that when the ships sail, it will be a reduced number of ships sailing at a reduced capacity. So it's going to be more important than ever that they get as much out of people in an onboard spend situation, you know, whether it's coming from the restaurants or the casino. So, you know, it may be worth going in and putting a partition between every single machine if it means you can have more of those machines putting money in your pocket at the end of the day. It also makes you wonder with what kind of liability is in place putting plexiglass partitions on every machine because someone can, you know, if your glasses get caught on that or, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking like from a liability standpoint, they did put the the black and yellow tape on the outskirts of each one. But you, it, was ta- it doesn't take but one drunk person to stumble into that and cause some kind of catastrophe. Well, you know, I think we're going to see some changes made to the cruise contract and to your travel insurance mm-hmm. in the coming. Right. Did you see anything, I mean, other than that, which that's obviously a big one, did, was there anything else you saw that made you say, yeah, that might need a little bit more work? That, that's something they haven't really got down pat yet. If I had to point a finger at one thing, I would just say, and again, not being knowledgeable on craps or roulette, there was definitely more than like five people around each one of those tables. And again, maybe that's safe um, just because everyone has the the mask on and everything. I'm not going to get into science here. That might be worth tweaking or looking at. And there's only really one way to play those two games, though, right? You have to be right there at the table because you're throwing money down. Roulette, there's actually, and, and a lot of casinos have this, you can actually play um, roulette uh, without a person running the running the wheel and without actually putting money down they basically set it up they have a an a, a actual roulette wheel in the middle of the uh, a circle oh, they with have a this dome too. over it they had that too it yeah. was like electronic yeah. so gaming you, could, you yeah. could do that now with craps you can't really do that mm-hmm. and the problem with craps is you know you and i don't know diddly squat about science but uh, you know, the problem with craps is not only do you have a lot of people crowded around, especially when someone's winning, you have all these people who aren't playing, who come around and want to be part of the excitement that a craps table generates. But that, that excitement also leads to people doing a lot of yelling, a lot of, you know, and the more, and the more forceful you breathe out, the more you're, you know, what, even what little science we know, we know, you know, that's not necessarily a great thing. So yeah, seems like the craps table could be a potential problem at the end of the day. Um, you mentioned at the beginning that they sort of have an embarkation place uh, or an embarkation system in place where you get a colored band and you can only get off the ship when your colored band is called. Now, here's my question. Is something like that something that can be implemented on a ship? And the reason I ask is, as it is now, like on Norwegian, um, on the night before your disembarkation, you go and you get a color and you only are supposed to go down to the, you know, to the, the, to, to the area where you disembark when your color is called. Nobody listens. Everybody just like, you know, as soon as the ship docks, it's still another hour before they're going to get cleared for customs and everybody is down in there. Everybody's on top of each other. Everybody's lined up. Everybody wants off the ship, which I never really understood. I'm like, I'm going to stay on as long as I can. Right. But is there, is there, 
did it work on there? And do you think it's something that it could be somehow tweaked to work on a massive ship with 6,000 people on it? I think so, because they really, they enforced people, the color thing. Like I had a red band on and they were like, okay, everyone who has the red band come to deck three. If you do not have a red band, go to decks one, two, or four. People who were trying to maybe, you know, again, there's only 250 people on board, so it wasn't that big of an issue. But there are always one or two in every crowd that want to get off a little bit early and try to slide by security. They were shut down. They're like, uh, you have a purple band. We'll be calling that next. Please go back up. To I'll be deck. interested to see because that has been um, I, I've talked about this before on the show. But that was uh, when I did my very first cruise on a big ship, on a mega ship, on the breakaway. Um, the disembarkation was so awful. It was almost enough to turn me off the whole experience of cruising. Um, it, it really was just nightmarish. And, and that I've seen it on ships on every, you know, across the lines, Royal Caribbean Carnival. Some ships handle it better than others. Uh, but that is that is a real big issue that will have to be um, dealt with. But it sounds like overall your experience was very positive and you could see the things that were on that ship being sort of implemented to a certain degree on actual cruise ships. Yeah, they'll, they'll definitely carry over some of those things. It, uh, also, on what you were just saying about disembarkation, I always enjoy when you're in the disembarkation line and you've been waiting there trying to get off and it's moving at a s- snail's pace. You hear someone say, well, I'm Diamond Plus. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or the, the best is whenever they try to tell a customs agent that. And the customs agent's like, I don't give a rat's ass what you are. Get back in the line because you are no one except a person, a U.S. citizen on this soil. So I agree. But that's a subject for another yeah, day. For exactly. now, I think we've done a pretty good job of covering uh, your experience on the Victory One. Yeah. it's. Um, I, I would definitely just give you some final thoughts here, um, which I don't have any prepared. But I will say if you're looking for – if you're in the central Florida area or say you're doing something this summer in central Florida and you want a little break, you don't even have to gamble. Of course, you do get the free drinks if you're gambling and they do have like the Tito's and all that. So you get some pretty good alcohol if you're gambling. Um, You have to actually be in front of the machine. You can't just say, hey, I'm gambling. I want a free vodka soda. But definitely worth the 13 bucks for five hours. It's a relaxing day. I mean, it is what it is, right? You're going three miles offshore and you're kind of just going back and forth along the coast and seeing the cruise ships stranded out there right now. Or I shouldn't say stranded, anchored out there right now, um, waiting to sail again. It's a relaxing time, well worth the $13, and not having to pay for parking is always a plus, especially at Port Canaveral, where they try to rob you around every corner. Final question. So you spent $13 to get on the ship. How much did you lose while you were on board? 20 Ah, right. So you made out great. I mean, 50 bucks for, you know, 50 60 bucks when you throw in food and stuff for an afternoon on the high seas, I would pay that in a heartbeat right now. But it balanced out because my buddy Richard, who went with me, he won sixty two off of twenty, so he well he walked away with forty two dollars. So he he had a little better luck than I did. Well, that sounds like an all around winner of a day, and I guess that's probably a really high note on which to hand control of your show back over to you. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Always glad to. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got here, buddy. Ba 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 da ba da. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net.
I'm your announcer.